Iconic Talk. This is your community's podcast with conversations about real estate, local happenings, and all things Winchester, Virginia. I'm Mark Francis, a local realtor, broker, and owner at Icon Real Estate. And unfortunately, my better half of a partner here, Nikki Hoffman, is not here. Uh, unfortunately, you know, just sickness continues to carry out through her household, and she is um, taking care of her family keeping them healthy as much as she can and it just was best for her to stay away from our podcast room today so nikki and family continue to get better we miss you and we'll look out for you next week well i wanted to just briefly share where this episode is going i'm excited because one of the main reasons of why this podcast formed is to be educational to our local winchester community and on top of that, uh, just inform you know about real estate and and everything else about our town. And one of the things I've always said when I market is like you know I I market to anybody. I don't really care. Anybody who's breathing, I say, should need some sort of housing. You know, where, where it comes to if you're a rental, if you uh, have residential, or if you want to get into commercial world, or even buy land and maybe build. Anybody who's living and breathing and is of age and you know you think might have an income i want to talk to you and figure out how i can help you buy or sell a house somebody posed me they're like almost making a joke well what if that person's homeless and they can't I, you know so that idea of somebody who is homeless is i always tell my clients in joke as well you know i don't ever want any of my clients to be homeless i'm here to help you with a project and and get you from start to finish help sell your house, make sure you can buy a new house, make sure you're not homeless. That's been my ongoing joke. Well, I'm rethinking that joke <laughs> after the conversation that I had with Brandon Thomas from the Winchester Rescue Mission. There is something about um, homelessness that is uh, you know, a little scary topic, a little something that you don't wanna always talk about, and it exists in every community. Winchester's no different. Winchester has a homeless population that when you're looking around, you might see them standing by the the curb, by the stoplight on your way to and from work or go to the grocery store. You might have even seen a couple of tents and some uh, trees in the back of certain areas behind shopping centers. You, you just you don't necessarily want to approach them. You never know what you're going to get. And Honestly, I've had that kind of thought as well. You know, how can somebody who's homeless get to that position? How, how can we help them get out of that position? Well, Brandon Thomas has a complete passion and heart for people who are the underserved in our community. And he is a wealth of knowledge. And, and so it makes me rethink the idea of homelessness, but even more so it makes me rethink my call to assist people in getting them to a place of where they can be uh, in a position to buy a home. But it's not about me. It's about them. It's about how can we as a community come alongside people who need the assistance to get them into a more stable lifestyle. So listen to the conversation with Brandon Thomas from the Winchester Rescue Mission because it will inspire you and hopefully call you to action. So here's Brandon. Well, hey, Brandon, how are you? I'm well. 
thank you so much for coming here and being a part of our episode today. And you are with the Winchester Rescue Mission. I am, yes. And you yes. also have another hat as well, yeah, right? Yeah, a pastor and then uh, also a, um, uh, I do, I'm a chaplain for our local sheriff's office, uh, huh. police department and all that, yeah. So you have a lot of reaches into the community yes, here. Yes. And that is one of the, place. that's one of the cool things I love about our show because we get a chance to talk to all the people around town and hear kind of the heart of why you do what you do here you know how you have reaches into the community mm -hmm. so let's start from the very beginning sure walk us through what brought you to winchester yeah so uh, my wife and i moved here uh, or actually we moved up north of here uh into the eastern panel of west virginia mm -hmm. uh to be a youth pastor at a church just north of here okay um, but we had this dream. I had this dream all through seminary to uh, become a church planter and start a church. And uh, my wife and I were actually planning to go to Burbank, California to huh. start a church. Get out of here. Uh, yeah. You know, and uh, My sister lives in Burbank. Get out of here. Yeah. Well, I've got some really there good friends go. in Burbank. I, yeah. I've spent a lot of time in Burbank, a lot of time at the <laughs> L.A. Rescue Mission. Yeah. They're just out of uh, uh, Burbank and into L.A. and. Anyway, so that was kind of our plan, and we had a really dear friend who uh, thought more of kind of like a dad figure, um, consistently convincing us uh, that we were supposed to start a church in Winchester. <laughs> and he would like over and over, I've prayed about this, God has told me you're supposed to start a church in <laughs> Winchester, and uh, I'm like, oh, that's cool, you know, we're going to California, you don't have to shovel <laughs> snow there. Right. And uh, we started spending more time in Winchester, um, you know, Praying about it, and we just felt like this is where God was leading us to go. So in 2013, we moved here. We had 10 really close friends that we started a church with in a basement, and mm -hmm. uh, we watched it just grow like crazy. And mm -hmm. um, and since then, have fallen in love with this community, um, fallen in love with you know, fell into doing the mission, um, and and uh, God just kept opening cool doors that give us an opportunity to uh, really serve the most vulnerable in our mm -hmm. community. Hmm, that's cool. So it starts with a church. Right. It starts yes. with a church plant. Yeah. To walk me through how you see that grow and how do you transition into then what the homeless community? Right. Well, yeah. a, a rescue mission. You know, so what does that what does that scene look like here in Winchester? Yeah, so we uh, we had a dream of a church that just served the community and uh, was you know focused on you know meeting needs of you know the most vulnerable in our community. Hmm. So we started serving like crazy at the rescue mission. Uh, the director at the time said, "Hey, I, I I need to have a pastor on our board of directors," and so asked me to be. This hmm. was in uh, September of 2015. Asked me to be on the board of directors. Hmm. Uh, went to my first meeting and they voted me in that night to be on the board of directors. It was, uh, that yeah, was that's quick. pretty, pretty insane. And then that, uh, then bled over to where, um, I, um, so that was in September in January, our director quit, hmm. uh, to move back North where he's from. And, uh, so our, I had, I was working a full-time job to help, uh, make ends meet with the, with the start of our new church. Mm -hmm. I just quit. Hmm. And so I could go full-time at the church literally that week. And uh, our board president at the time said, well, your schedule just opened up. Why don't you become our director and just do it for the next month and then we'll, we'll hire somebody. <laughs> and that was six years ago. Wow. And uh, what's happened through that ministry, man, is, is I just feel like God's really gotten a hold of my heart because of you know my childhood growing up, getting to interact with these men and women that I've grown to love and to care for in a, in a big way. Hmm. Um, so I grew up with a dad who was schizophrenic bipolar, hmm. um, had really no relationship with my dad at all. Hmm. Uh, he was a disabled Marine. Um, in fact, you know, uh, 
we uh, he had a bipolar you know uh, psychotic episode when I was 16 tried to kill me ended up actually in a mental facility for a while wow. through the VA uh, I had nothing to do with my dad for 10 years and then uh, reconnected with him again get into all, all the God Holy Spirit stuff but uh, reconnected with my dad in 2012 uh, uh, right over Thanksgiving hmm. my dad died in 2013 hmm. and uh, again when he hmm. died in his obituary you could make a donation to a church in Burbank so bring that back full back circle Burbank. yeah and then yeah. we, uh, we wow. started here later that year but long story short as I started working with the men and the women at the rescue mission and, and began to have an understanding of schizophrenia, bipolar, began to really dive into what are actual causes of homelessness, mm-hmm. um, God started doing something in my heart. God started mm-hmm. you know, doing something at the mission. And so um, really what's happening at the rescue mission has become uh, a, a, a just a heartbeat in, for me uh, to see an end to homelessness in our community. Yeah. and. My hope is if we can do it in our community, if we can help, you know, then help other communities do the same thing. And Winchester is no different than any town. I Correct. mean, you have different classes, different structures of people. And you, you think about where the Winchester mes- rescue mission is serving. The people are mm-hmm. almost unseen. You know, right, it, right. They're, they're almost hidden, underlying right. parts. You might see things in the newspaper, but in everyday circles, it's it's lost out of sight out of mind you know i think a lot of a lot of um communities i think make the misstep of wanting to pretend that homelessness and is not there Mm -hmm. Uh, the struggle with that is and and the reason why i did the motorcycle ride uh, a couple years ago is i wanted to prove something that i knew to be true which is this every community is dealing with what we deal with here when it comes to homelessness Mm -hmm. because we don't have homeless problem we have a mental illness problem Mm. and i could preach that all day long Mm. and 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 show you facts and figures and and statistics to prove it is a it is a mental illness problem Mm. and so what happens is is you see this in every community across the country our size bigger smaller um homelessness is on the rise and Mm -hmm. it's not because of home prices even though that is a big issue um, it, it's because of mental illness and the mm. lack of treatment that's available uh, to deal with a lot of mental illness. And so what I've seen here in our community that I think is so special is the way our community has really rallied around us at the rescue mission, mm. have rallied around us to, to, to not hide the problem, but to in fact come up with creative solutions to see an end to the problem. Mm. So when you say mental illness, it gets to the point where... I, people who are there have a desire. They have a, 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 a goal that, okay, right. I don't want to be homeless. I want to have a home. I want to have a job. But the, the tools and the skills to get to those next steps might not be there. So Correct. walk me through what you see on a day-in, day-out yeah. basis there in the rescue mission and, and how you help serve them. Sure. So right now at the rescue mission, 90% of our residents have a diagnosed mental illness. Hmm. Um, 48% would be considered severely mentally ill, uh, which means in, in past times they might have ended up in a mental institution, hmm. um, but we don't have mental institutions. Right. So what happens is is uh, we've decided that the most um, humane way to deal with somebody who's severely mentally ill is not to put them in a mental institution. Instead, we throw them on the street. So we see and, and work <laughs> with a lot of individuals who are severely mentally ill, yeah. who uh, simply need medicine. They need, you know, um, mental health skill building, th- things like that. Yep. Um, but again, those resources are so difficult to access. 
And so what happens is somebody is severely mentally ill. They don't have any place to go. They end up on the street. We try to engage with them through street outreach or mm-hmm. through our food programs. And then what we do is we then connect them with our community service board in, in, in an opportunity to get them connected with, you know, mental health, you know, psychiatrists, get them, you know, connected with meds and things like that. Mm-hmm. Because what we've seen is if somebody is on meds, they're taking their meds as prescribed when they're supposed to, the way they're supposed to. For the most part, a lot of our residents can have a very normal life. Right. It's just gaining access to that. So for a lot of our residents, you know, through a typical time coming to the mission is the first thing is we have to assess whether or not they're, they have a diagnosis, a mental illness diagnosis. And most of the time when they come in, they'll say no. Then we'll find out they've been on meds in the past or whatnot. They've got mm-hmm. that diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And then we help them get the meds through uh, the community service board. And then we can begin the mental health skill building. We can then begin all of the process to get them a job, to get them stable. You're almost like a free medical clinic in a way. Right. We work, and we work closely you're, with you're, ours to, to do that. Diagnosing but, people as yeah. they come in. Right. And, well, well we, we don't diagnose. We can't do that. But we, we connect them with the serve. Like okay. we're able to see right out of the gate. Yep. You know, we, we, we can see some predictors and get them connected to the serv- community service board, which can do the diagnosis yeah. and get them the meds. So um, what's a... I mean, what's kind of the long-term goal when you have a new person show up at your doorstep? Because um, you are providing shelter. Right. You're yep. providing food. We do food, shelter. We do case management. That's kind of the, the big, you know, the big deal there. Um, so when I took over the rescue mission, uh, a man, at the time we didn't house ladies. We now have a ladies shelter. Um, but when I took over, uh, a man could stay with us for 30 days. At the end of 30 days, they had to leave. Okay. They'd be out for two weeks and they could come back. Well, what would happen is they were clean, sober. We'd help them with some stuff. They'd disappear for two weeks, extremely intoxicated, back to normal, come back two weeks later. We weren't doing anything. Yeah. So I started doing a lot of study, a lot of research, found out that it takes 18 months, hmm. um, if everything's going well, hmm. to help somebody move from homeless to stable. Hmm. And again, our goal is to end homelessness. So whatever that takes, let's let's do that. Let's put the effort in if at the end of 18 months they move out and they're you know highly successful. That's mm-hmm. a win versus just a you know right. come in, That's go out, end. come go. in, go out. Yeah. Nobody, nobody. Not wins. just put a bandaid on the problem. Right. So everybody comes in. We assess them. We connect them with case management. We build an individualized plan to success. So we sit down with an individual. We believe that uh, everybody is created by God, and that you know we are image bearers of God, which means that all of us, God put something in us, mm-hmm. a, a calling. He put talents and abilities in us. And so we want to work with each resident to discover what it is they feel called to do Hmm. in their life and then develop a plan for them to get to that, whatever that is. Hmm. And as long as they're working their plan that they've worked with their case management to develop, they can stay with us as long as they need because we've learned if we can give you all the skills on the front end, by the time you move out, you're less likely to come back and you'll actually end up in a place where you are volunteering and hmm. giving back to the mission. Serving back. Which yeah. is phenomenal. Because that, well, you're mentioning giving back and serving. I mean, that is, it's already, I can tell, a huge undertaking to have the staff and oh, the yeah. people We, we don't have the staff. It's all volunteers. To get that yeah. to work. I say staff, but I say, right. yeah, the people to help with this. How many people are serving and volunteering on any given basis 
So we have five full-time staff, uh, and then we have 12 part-time staff, and then we have um, a, a good 120 to 200 volunteers mm. a month wow. come through our doors. Uh, we really absolutely could not do without what we do without the volunteers. The reason why I believe, and I say this all the time, we're going to see an end to homelessness in our community is because of how incredible our community is at volunteering, at giving, and mm. participating in the process mm. of seeing an end to homelessness for our residents. Wow. Um, and so it's, it's a very phenomenal thing to see how our community has responded to this need. Yeah, that's incredible. You mentioned and referenced a bike ride uh-huh, a little yeah, while yeah. back. Let's dive into that real quick of what you did a couple years ago yeah. and, and, and the stories that came out of that. Yeah. Um, so a couple event. years ago, I, you know, one of my things is, um, one of, you know, as a nonprofit, we constantly got to raise money. And I'm not, I've never really been a fan of uh, just raising money for the sake of raising money. I've always wanted to tie it to education in some ways. Hmm. What I mean by that is, is I think if people get educated on what the actual issues are in homelessness, then I think most people want to be involved in helping. And so I'd rather create an opportunity to educate. So a couple years ago, I got a crazy idea. Uh, first of all, I slept on a bench for 24 hours and we live streamed the whole thing. So I could talk to people in the community about homelessness. <laughs> so and, you, were, you uh, were there. Yeah, we did hours, for 24 yeah. hours. And literally people would line up to come talk to me. And I had you wow. know the mayor. I had the uh, individual running for mayor. I had all of our city council, all the people running for city council. I did it in October, hmm. um, right before the election. I had hmm. then just you know average folks in the community come, resident. Anyways, it was a really cool thing. That led to another idea, which was, so for 24 hours, I was live streaming and I had a lot of the community paying attention. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, what if I rode a motorcycle across the country? I had just been given a motorcycle. I'd never really ridden one. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, man, it'd be fun to ride across the country. I had no idea what I was getting into. I, uh, so I got the crazy idea. What if I rode a motorcycle across the country and I spent the night in homeless shelters between here and LA? Mm-hmm. Because I wanted to prove that, um, Homelessness doesn't just happen in Winchester, that it, it is an issue everywhere yeah. because it's rooted to mental illness. So let's do that. And, and, and I did. Uh, crazy, uh, one of our um, uh, uh, pretty well-known individual in our community heard about it, um, loved the idea, and gave me $25,000 to wow. do it. Um, then our local Harley shop gave me a, a brand new Ultra Glide Limited, a $50,000 bike to ride across country. Wow. And you returned and it? And I did. Okay. I did. That was tough. <laughs> oh, man. It's so tough. I, I almost, I think I shed a tear when we put it on the trailer in LA. Um, and then we, uh, I, um, I got invited onto the Dr. Drew show, which led to a hmm. documentary crew finding out about it, following us hmm. the whole way. And so we stopped at missions between here and L.A. over the course of about 15 days. Uh, we we wow. actually went to my dad's grave for the first time. I'd never been to his huh. grave and wow. got to deal with some of that in Arkansas. Uh, we went to Colorado. Um, we went to Arizona, Nevada, uh, Vegas, L.A., stopping at major cities all so along the way. So an idea just blossomed into this entire <laughs> yeah. umbrella of people following you, having a crew documenting it having people support you, you finally made it, then you, yes. you, you get across the yeah, country. Yeah. And how long did it take? It took us, like I said, about 15 days. Wow. Uh, and then um, ended up in LA on Skid Row, spent the night on Skid Row. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, and got to spend some great time with my mentor who runs the LA Rescue Mission. His name's Andy Bells. Phenomenal guy, doing some awesome stuff. Mm. Just got to learn from those guys and learn, mm. you know, what's causing this, yeah. why, why we're not getting a handle on it. Homelessness in, in across the country is growing at exponential rates. Yeah. 
and it's because of resources. And so, um, so I got to learn that, got to highlight that. I even got invited to the White House uh, hmm. to get to be around uh, some wow. big time. You know, Dr. Drew was there. Got to be there with uh, a gentleman by the name of DJ Jaffe, uh, Pete Early, a bunch of cool individuals who are working in that sphere of mental illness and homelessness to see an end to it. Well, you are a wealth of knowledge. I mean, as far as you're living it, you're breathing it, you're understanding it, you're, and so now you're giving back to our community. What have you seen grow and change over even just a couple of years ago? I would say one of the things that I am really proud of that I am, um, you know, if, if I were going to say, hey, you know, want to know one of the beautiful things about our community, it would be our law enforcement. Yeah. The way our yeah. law enforcement interacts with people with mental illness and homelessness is so impressive. Hmm. Um, I get called regularly uh, by them. Uh, I've gone through CIT training with them. Uh, because regularly they interact with individuals who are mentally ill, uh, often homeless, who they understand need resources, not jail. Hmm. And so they'll hmm. reach out to me. In fact, I even uh, a couple times a month ride along with our local law enforcement to make those contacts with folks that we know are mentally ill, who, uh, again, are in need oh, of great. resources, yeah. not you know to go to jail. So we can help move them, uh, hopefully at times, into the mission so we can mm -hmm. help them with what they need to move them to, to become stable. I'm sure those are tough conversations. Um, I mean, oh, to, yeah. To they be, can be very tough because, yeah. you know, when you're dealing with somebody with schizophrenia, the paranoia, yeah. um, you know, they think that the police are there to, right. you know, out to get them or the government or whatever. And so um, it can be very challenging to convince somebody. And so what happens a lot of times without training, proper training for your law enforcement is that situation can escalate mm -hmm. really quickly, yep. and then the guy with the gun and the badge yep. just puts a stop to it by, you know, tasing or, you know, God forbid, shooting or right. just slapping handcuffs on them and taking them to jail. Right. You see a lot of assaults on officers. You see a lot of um, uh, trespassing and things like that, hmm. that that folks who are mentally ill, homeless, get charged with. And it's because a lot of times that officer really has no idea what to do, where to turn, or how to get help, hmm. and they just have to deal with the situation right in front of them our local law enforcement have gone way out of their way yeah. to do everything they can to prevent that individual from going to jail but actually getting the help necessary so they can move out or move into a place like the mission get the help they need and then move out onto their own and become yeah. productive citizens of society because they're phenomenal tell one quick story if i got time yeah, i don't know absolutely. how long i have so sure we have a gentleman who came into the shelter just uh, probably about four months younger than me, so automatically took a you know liking to him because we're you know, pretty similar in age. Yep. And the way he came to the mission was the local defense attorney reached out to us and said, "Hey, we got this individual who's um, in lockup and he's facing life in prison." Oof. And uh, they sent me over his rap sheet. I, I read through it, and everything that had happened was all in connection with his lack of being on meds. Hmm. Um, and, you know, been diagnosed with schizophrenia, bipolar, all that. So I go into the jail to meet him. I sit down with him. He's one of the most well-composed, well-put-together individuals I've ever met in my life. And I'm thinking, why is he in jail? Well, you know, I'd read the, the, the thing, and the thing that I'd read did not match the individual that I was meeting. Yeah. Well, what happened was is he was unmedicated, um, and the pandemic helped exasperate that because he couldn't get the access to the doctors that he needed. And so he couldn't get his meds. He was off his meds and out of paranoia had carjacked a car with somebody in it. And so now you have carjacking, you have um, uh, kidnapping, a whole mm -hmm. bunch of anyways. Mm -hmm. And so because he had had other violent outbreaks because of lack of meds, 
you know, they went ahead and threw everything at him. Hmm. Long story short, we worked with him, worked with uh, defense attorney, worked with our local community service board, got him out. Um, he's medicated. We oversee making sure he's taking his meds every day. And he's doing so well, we've actually hired him to work at the shelter because he's wow. got lived experience yeah. to be able to work alongside other residents who have schizophrenia, bipolar, who come in going, you know, there's no way around my charges. There's no way to move forward. Hmm. And he's able to sit them down and go, let me tell you my story. Yeah. And again, if you came to the shelter, got to know him, you would never know. If I, if I took you into the shelter and said, I want you to tell me who it was that I'm talking about outside of some of the context clues, right. there's no way you would be able to identify him. Um, wow. because on meds, he's highly productive and, hmm. um, you know, as smart as anybody you'll ever meet. Well, the power of a story speaks yeah. volumes, right? You know, just painting and say, here's what you need to do X, Y, and Z, but here's what went, well, here's what I went through. Exactly. Right. That is going to impact a hundred percent more than just a, a Which steps is program. Absolutely. Our goal. Yeah. yeah. So we try to hire folks with lived experience, every opportunity we get. Because those folks, again, will come alongside somebody in a way that I won't because I don't have that lived experience. Mm -hmm. Well, you've painted an incredible picture of what you do, what's going on here in the community. And I got to say, what is the next steps for anybody who's listening to us? Yeah. Of if this is resonating with somebody, what, what can we do as a community? What can we do as individuals to support you and to support what's going on at the rescue mission? Sure. So several ways. First of all, volunteer. Uh, always a great. I love when people come and get a tour of the rescue mission, meet some of our residents, get to know what we're doing, how we serve them. Um, you know, coming and serving a meal, sitting down and eating a meal with our residents mm. is phenomenal. We have great food. Mm -hmm. um, and so I love it when people do that and get to know our residents because they are some of the most brilliant, amazing people on the planet. The other thing I highly recommend is um, uh, reading some books. Um, I think it's important to get to understand how we got here. American Psychosis uh, by Dr. Tori Fuller, great book that mm. helps us understand how we got here with mental illness. Um, Crazy by Pete Early, who's in mm. Fairfax. Um, I recommend that book, highly recommend the book. Uh, Insane Consequences by DJ Jaffe, a guy who's out in New York. Uh, recommend you know uh, reading and, and getting up to date on how we got here. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really important to understand how we got here. And then the other thing is um, we are um, having a, an event on February the 25th. Huh. At, uh, Good timing. Yeah, Glad right. You're here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at Fellowship Bible Church on Middle Road. Uh -huh. um, and our goal there, we, we, we titled the event Exposed. Again, going back to that theme I told you earlier, we want to do more of a education, but make it uh, huh. kind of an, an, um, uh, an all-inclusive environment in that we're going to be sharing stories of our residents. Okay. Um, and... Uh, we're gonna. We've invited some folks who can come and monologue, uh, and they'll be taking on the role of yeah. one of our residents Neat. to share stories. It's kind of an immersive experience Correct. to hear what happens. Right. Yeah. And then um, I'm I'm working on getting a, a really good friend of mine who uh, used to be the um, uh, czar of homelessness under mm -hmm. the last administration uh, mm -hmm. to potentially come in and speak as well. Mm. And so um he's checking on availability to see if he can come but try to get him to come um and again our, our whole goal there that evening is not to raise money uh we do want to raise money we need to raise money it's yeah, important sure but more or less to let our community know what the winchester rescue mission is doing inform educate exactly yeah. right because i think if we understand this then the the better potential is not raising you know x amount of dollars the better potential is the 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 community continuing to link mm -hmm. arms because it really is going to take all of us to see an end to this because mm -hmm. it is 
a huge issue. Um, our jails are overcrowded with folks who are mentally ill. Our, our shelters are, um, our streets are, are getting yeah. flooded. And so I think the more of us working together, the more opportunity we're going to have. And I truly believe that we're going to end homelessness in Winchester because hmm. the way this community is working together. Well, it, it takes people. I mean, you can't just depend on government. You can't just depend exactly on right. one organization like you to be like, oh, they'll take care of it all. It, it takes an entire community to circle around and say, this and, is what we want our community to look like. And, and, and even know where it. to put the resources, right? Yeah. Because there's so many great opportunities, but it's just knowing, hey, which you know, which one has the outcome of ending homelessness mm -hmm. for individuals? Because mm -hmm. uh, that's important. Like, it, it, it's one thing to provide somebody with a meal. It's a whole other thing to provide them with what they need to eventually become stable in their own place. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Brandon, I appreciate it. Now, before we let you go, yeah. we have five iconic questions that we ask each of our All guests. All right. So uh -oh. off the top of your head, you uh -oh. just whatever no comes Google. to mind. Okay. Yeah, okay. Very simple questions. Question number one, what's one of your favorite restaurants in town? Ooh, favorite restaurant in town? Probably I would have to go with El Centro. El Centro, downtown. Uh, yeah, George Aubrey there. Mexican. He's the a good buddy of mine. Love that guy. Yep. Great, great place. That's awesome. Love it. Um, second question. What's something you love about your neighborhood where you live? My neighborhood. So I live out in the county, okay. and uh, I love that um, it, it, it offers a lot of outdoor opportunities. Have a little lake out there, so we get to go you know, <laughs> get on the lake. And, um, yeah, I, I love that uh, it, it's, it's remote but still connected to people. Yep, so. yep that's cool. Love it. Um, you probably have a passion about this question, but why is Winchester a great place to live? It's a great place to live because of the community aspect yeah. and the way that our community – links arms to solve problems is pretty phenomenal yep no that is absolutely true and that is a standard answer i love it so fourth question where do you meet or even spend time with new friends in winchester Ooh, great another great question where do i meet or spend time uh the harley shop i'll have to say that i, oh, I, I end up there all the time nobody's gotten uh, that answer yeah, before so yeah. yeah riding my my harley and and uh, i've gotten to know a lot of the the folks at, at groves harley davidson they've been pretty phenomenal to me so yeah um it's pretty common to, to get me there or long ridge cigars i love uh, going to the cigar shop and awesome getting to chat with folks and you did return that harley i did unscathed but right? i ended up got another yeah it was unscathed okay, but i ended up having to get one afterwards so. <laughs> of course well see there's a little secret plug to get you hooked on it, absolutely probably, right yes last and final question what is one of winchester's hidden gems Ooh, a hidden gem oh, i feel like there's probably quite a few um Wow, I don't, I don't know. Um, I would have to say the Winchester Rescue Mission. It, there it is. That, is. is that okay? That is I mean, no, that is uh, a it is, very solid answer. Uh, first of all, it's a great place to get a photo yep. in front of our awesome mural. Yep. Uh, I mean, I know a lot of people who come to get a photo in front of the mural at the Rescue Mission. How yep. cool is that? Yep. And then just the phenomenal work that the guys and gals on staff, the volunteers put in. It really is probably uh, one of the most special places in the community. Love it. Somebody that has not been answered on this podcast before so there it is you are now not hidden anymore there we go but you mentioned the building you have to give a plug where is it located so our current location is 435 north cameron street mm -hmm. and we just purchased a new property on valley avenue uh which will allow us to double our capacity once we get uh, all the money raised and get it uh yeah. renovated and up and going which we hope to do in the next year yeah and you mentioned the february 25th event correct are there tickets is it does, does yeah. it cost anything? Yeah. So you if you to go register? to our Facebook page, Winchester Rescue Mission, or winrescue.org, um, there's a, a link there to Eventbrite. I think tickets are $15 between now and February the 1st. 
Then they go up like at February 15th, and then uh, I think it's $30 at the door by the mm-hmm. time we get to the door. Okay. So buy them sooner rather than later Great. so you save a little money. Yep. You are amazing. Thanks so much for being here, and I'm sure you have way more stories to tell, so we'll have you on again soon. So, thanks, Brandon. Appreciate it. Well, again, thank you so much, Brandon. That was super informative. I, it, It's just mind-boggling to know that that is happening here in our town and that the, there's positive movement towards um, working with the homelessness problem that we have and to have somebody passionate like Brandon who his goal is to end homelessness in our community. And can't we all just take a, a step in that direction this coming year, you know, thinking about New Year's resolutions even. That's, that's something that is challenging to me. And, uh, you know, it, I, I think if we all took a step forward to, to take some of those actions that he suggested of volunteering or reading, gaining more knowledge, um, I know I'm going to do that. So I'm certainly excited about what he's offering us in this town. So hopefully you guys did learn something today as well. And I'm feel free to shoot us messages, message us on Facebook or um let us know your story as well. We'd love to hear kind of what positive movements you have around town. And again, this is not just a real estate thing. This is a community thing. So that's why we're doing this episode today to really highlight and spotlight the need and in our call. So this is exciting. Um, you know, I still wish that Nikki was around, but that's okay. We, we'll be able to get through these next couple segments. I want to just take this moment to move on to the segment that we recently coined the I can't believe I saw this on social media segment and we keep naming it something different every every time but you've got to be kidding and I here's the thing that I've seen recently on social media this the 10-year challenge have you guys seen that the 10-year challenge on Facebook people just post pictures of their family from 10 years ago or their house from 10 years ago or what they look like or what they were doing and it's just a fun little game I, I found some hilarious pictures. I'm just going to share a few. There is somebody who posted in a downtown city, uh, not to be named, that showed a construction site that they labeled 2012. Ten years ago, right? And right next to it, they showed a picture of the exact same looking construction site in the exact same setting. And it said 2022. Haha, <laughs> funny, you know, showing that the construction is still ongoing. I get it. Here's another one. There was a 10-year challenge where somebody posted a, uh, if you guys know what the, the reading chart is, like an eye chart, an eye checkup chart, you guys, it starts at the very top with a huge big bold letter, an E, and then it gets down and it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Somebody posted 2012. It was a clear picture of it. In 2022, it showed a blurry picture of it. That seemed to be funny. I liked that. And the last one that I saw <laughs> was funny to me instead of sending instead of showing a picture of yourself it was a picture of a stick figure imagine a stick figure the little circle the head and the stick body and arms and legs to the left that showed 2012 and then a stick figure to the right that showed a head and then a big round circle as the body instead of a stick and then arms and legs it's hilarious i wish i could have you guys see it maybe i'll post this for you i thought that was funny a funny way of taking on that 10-year challenge all right that's the that's the social media segment let me share a little bit about what i know is coming up in winchester area and it's really just two things i want to highlight first of all 
It's the rescue mission um, event that Brandon already plugged. February 25th, you can go hunt him down, hunt down their site that he gave, and, uh, and just learn more about what's going on. So that's at Fellowship Bible Church on February 25th. So it's a little ways away. We'll continue to plug that and share with you the details to come of how you can contribute. But as he said, it's not really more of a fundraiser. It's more of an educational component that will allow you to feel invested to what they're doing. You know, they have a second building. They're looking to raise money for that as well. So learn more about that. The other thing that I saw that's coming up that actually spoke to me, because I have a nephew out in California who is 15, I want to say, and he works at a card shop, like a card dealing shop. And it's, it's actually my sister in Burbank, her, her son. We talked about Burbank already today. So his um, job is to work at a card shop, sports collector cards. So when I saw this coming up in Winchester, it spoke to me. There's actually a card, sports card and collectibles and comic book show coming up at Millbrook Station at their special event center, which is on Costello Drive, you know, right next to uh, the Costco area. And um, that's going to be on January 29th all day. And you can show up and there's going to be a whole bunch of vendors there taking a look at sports memorabilia, see things that have autographs on it and uh, tons of different tables, tons of different vendors. It'll be kind of vintage uh, day there. And if you're into that kind of stuff, that's gonna be a really cool thing to look out for. I do know that snow's coming, so maybe that is um, something where we don't need to plug things for this weekend. So hopefully it snows, you never know. And uh, look out for that. Hopefully get a chance to unwind, take a day off on either Saturday or Saturday, maybe it's Sunday or Monday, I think is when it's coming. But that's going to be up and coming as well. So look out for that weather. See if that prediction comes true. Well, thanks so much for joining us in this episode of Iconic Talk. We do hope you learned something from today's episode. Look forward to sharing more with you next week. Remember, when you look for a real estate professional, make sure they're experienced, innovative, personal, dedicated, and available. And we really value you spending your time with us. So if you have a moment, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review it. And if you enjoyed listening, take a moment to subscribe, share this to your friends. So until next time, stay iconic.